We're talking today about the idea that God's got it handled. God graciously answers Habakkuk and tells him that he already has plans in motion to address Habakkuk's questions and issues. And he says, be amazed. You are not going to believe what's going to happen. Welcome, I'm Michelle Berkey, and this is Praying Scripture, a weekday broadcast where we use God's own words to honor Him and to talk to Him about the things going on in our life and in our world. Join me as we dive into episode 134 today. We're going to be praying through Habakkuk 1, verses 5 through 11. But before we do that, we're going to open with a bit of worship. And to do that today, we are going to be in Colossians 1, verses 16 and 17, and they say this. For everything was created by him in heaven and on earth, the visible and the invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and by him all things hold together. Now, we often use those verses when we are thinking about the idea of Christ, that all things were created through him and he holds them together. And we talk about that in that kind of aspect of Christology. But today I want to use it more in the aspect of God's sovereignty. We're about to look at his answer to Habakkuk where he talks about evil nations and and the Babylonians kind of as this, it wasn't just the Babylonians. Other nations exemplify those. They're this kind of, um, the words I want today are missing. (laughs) This is not the first time it's happened this morning. (laughs) They're sort of this, oh... What is it, friends? What's the word I want? This ideal, that's not the right one. Anyway, they represent all other evil nations. And so in worship this morning, before we start that, I wanted to look at the idea that God is sovereign and he has created all nations and all people on earth. So let's just dig in before I dig myself too big of a hole to get out of. Father, I recognize right now that you are the creator and sustainer of all things. I honor you for that, worship you for that. I thank you for being here with us today. I thank you for the fact that we can just do this, that I can open up a live stream and come on and and share with people from across the world, across the globe, and connect with them in, in prayer before you. It's a, it is not a privilege that I take lightly. I ask that you would direct this time because I feel kind of like a scattered mess today and use it to whatever purposes you would have and just be honored by us coming before you. Yeah, give me the words, give me the thoughts and help straighten out my speech to connect the two. But that kind of takes the prayer for this morning. But we do, I do want to spend a few moments just and worshiping you and recognizing that you are the sovereign power behind everything here on earth. You have created it all. It all exists because you are here and you hold it together. And whether it is people in power or the people not in power, both of those have been created. We'll begin to answer that question of evil in the world and look at that a little deeper. And as we do, I ask that you would give us insight and wisdom. But in the end, we will come back to recognizing that you are before all things. All things have been created through you and for you. We are here for your glory, your purposes, and you hold all of this together. And so I just want to begin this morning in prayer, acknowledging that, that you hold it all together and that we honor you for that. In Jesus' name, 
All right. We're in Habakkuk 1, 5 through 11 today. And in the last episode, we opened this book with Habakkuk's prayer, his question to God that says, how long, how long would evil trample good? And why was God just standing by and letting that happen? Now, we know that God doesn't always answer our prayers back to us. He doesn't respond always directly to us the way we expect either. And we don't always know what his answer is. We're not always aware of his answers. But in this case, God answers Habakkuk directly. Today's passage is God's answer to the question he asked in the last episode. He says that he has already begun to address Habakkuk's request and problem, and that the Babylonians are coming to hold God's people accountable to punish the Israelites. Now, Habakkuk lived in a time of political turmoil. Nations were warring around him, and kingdoms were vying for power and control, specifically Egypt, the Assyrians, and the Babylonians. Or you'll hear in this translation, the Chaldeans. Technically, they were an ethnically diverse Aramean tribe in southern Babylon that began to assert their authority and take control as the might of the Assyrian Empire weakened. Nebuchadnezzar, which you may remember from any Daniel stories that you heard in the Bible, Nebuchadnezzar led the Babylonians in victory over Assyria and then consolidated the empire and ascended to the throne when his father died. The text compares the Babylonians, the swiftness of their troops, to leopards, compares their fierceness and appetite for conquest to eagles. And you'll hear this um, throughout this passage. We get a very long description of this nation. And while Habakkuk had complained about the violence in his culture, the Babylonians took violence in their culture to a whole nother level, gathering captives like sand, the verses say. We'll hear about the might of the Babylonians, but we will also hear of God's opinion of them or their place in his world at the end of the passage. God tells Habakkuk that these people are on their way to bring Israel to a reckoning. So let's go right to it. Habakkuk 1, 5 through 11 says this, Look at the nations and observe. Be Utterly astounded, for I am doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. Look, I am raising up the Chaldeans, that bitter, impetuous nation that marches across the earth's open spaces to seize territories not of its own. They are fierce and terrifying. Their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. Their horses are swifter than leopards and more fierce than the wolves at night. Their horsemen charge ahead. Their horsemen come from distant lands. They fly like eagles, swooping to devour. All of them come to do violence. Their faces are set in determination. They gather prisoners like sand. They mock kings, and rulers are a joke to them. They laugh at every fortress and build siege ramps to capture it. Then they sweep by like the wind and pass through. They are guilty. Their strength is their God. That's it. So I want to sit with those verses for a few moments in prayer. I'm going to start back up at the beginning. We're going to work through this description of evil nations, and then we will get back at the end to God's judgment. So let's go to God in prayer. Father, it feels weird to say thank you for this description a little bit, but I do. I appreciate the very clear-cut description of what evil nations look like in your eyes, or as the verse says, guilty nations look like in their eyes, godless nations. It makes it really clear to me 
what our nation shouldn't be and what I personally shouldn't be. And so I appreciate the opportunity to walk through these. But first, I want to thank you for your command to look at the nations and observe. Like it's important for us to be aware of where nations fall against this measuring stick. Do they look like the Babylonians? How much do they look like the Babylonians? How much do I look like the Babylonians? And I, I pray that you would teach us to observe and not just to listen. Sometimes I think we only listen to rhetoric and what they want us to hear, but I pray that we would observe what nations actually do and also people. You said, and this is a verse that we take out of context all the time. You said, I am doing something in your days that you will not believe when you hear about it. And this turned out to be true. Habakkuk was astounded at this answer that you gave. We'll get to that on Monday. But I pray that we would look around us because you are always doing something that amazes us, always around us. We can always find things that you do that amaze us. Your ways are not ours, they're higher, your thoughts are higher, Scripture says. And so certainly when we look around and see your work in the world, we should be amazed, we should be astounded, and we may not believe it. But this also opens up our ideas that you are bigger than our thoughts about you. And I feel like this is really important. I feel like so often we put you in this box of what someone has told us you are. And while there are lots of great teachers out there, and scripture itself is an amazing resource, we need to not prescribe this box around you, um, particularly in our own thoughts of that this is the only way you are, because you're so big, so powerful, so beyond our understanding, that it should be normal for you to do things that amaze and astound us. And we, I think, get so familiar with how we're used to interacting with you or how we think you're going to behave, that we forget that you're so much bigger. So open our eyes to that astonishment, that wonder at who you are, and open our eyes to the understanding that you are bigger than any of us can understand or believe. All right, so let's jump into this description of the Babylonians. You said you were raising up this nation, and then you described them. You say they are bitter and impetuous. They're bitter. They are impetuous, so they act without thinking. They march with determination to take things that aren't theirs. So they are intentionally going after things that are not theirs, that do not belong to them. They are fierce and terrifying. And their views of justice and sovereignty stem from themselves. They are self-centered, and they think that they are the power behind what they do, the power behind what runs the world, the power behind what should run the world. They are fierce and they instill terror. Their horses are fast. They are fierce also. So the things that they train and create around them and use are also fierce. Their horsemen charge ahead. They come from all over the place, from distant lands, and they join this effort that is self-serving terrifying, fierce, and after things that are not their own. They swoop in to devour. They do violence. They, it says, and this was so interesting to me, it said all of them come to do violence. Their intent is violent. Now, our intent can be violent without actually physically doing harm to people. We can intend violence 
emotionally or mentally or by lack of involvement. There are all kinds of ways that we can intend to, intend to do violence. And I think that we see this in our culture today, both in physical violence and non-physical violence. And it just was interesting to me that said all of them come to do violence. They are determined to do so. They take over people and gather prisoners like sand. So they are oppressing and conquest-oriented. They are oppressing people like sand, tons of people. They mock kings and build ramps to capture them. So just as an aside, <laughs> friends, to take a moment out of the prayer, uh, this, this meant that they would they would see the fortresses that were built with high walls. That was the defense mechanism of the day. So they would build siege ramps um, from the ground up to the wall so that they could go over the wall to capture the other, the other cities or kingdoms. And so back to prayer. Father, you give this description that they go out of their way. They don't just walk by and let someone be, but they intentionally go after them to capture them and take them prisoner and oppress them. They sweep by like the wind and pass through. When I was thinking about this phrase, I was thinking about our tendency to come in with our own agenda, to vomit our opinions or our perspective or our rules or our understanding and then just disappear. And maybe it's because we were talking about how we listen on social media today when in our Connect Over Coffee clubhouse room. Maybe it's just that conversation. But this idea of interacting with people in a self-centered way in order to reply, in order to get our views out there without listening to understand. I was thinking about that whole idea, whole idea that these conquerors sweep by, conquer, and then pass through, leaving devastation in their wake. And it's easy to say, I don't, I'm not part of a military force that does that. But we do it emotionally. We do it online every day. So that was the, the description of these people. They were fierce. They were terrifying. They were oppressors. They were intent on violence toward others. They didn't care about others' property. They didn't care that other people were, whether they were at peace or not at peace, they were just sweeping through and destroying everything. And I pray that we would begin to evaluate our own behavior in these ways, taking a look at our tendencies to do this and recognizing these tendencies in other nations because we turn into these people if we're not careful. If we aren't intent on not turning into them, that's sort of a natural progression for, for nations as well as for people. And I pray that we would not be found in those camps, that, we, that you would show us and help us to repent of any of these actions, whether we are, well, and just to get to the last line, they are guilty. You condemn them. They are guilty. Their strength is their God. So rather than looking to you, they look to themselves. And that is just the description of human nature, right? We all do this. We're all guilty of this. So lead our hearts into repentance. It's pretty easy to point fingers and say, evil nation, the Babylonians were evil, or another nation that we have currently is evil, or our own nation is evil. It's easy to point fingers, but we need to recognize that that comes back on us, that we have this same tendency to look to ourselves, our own strength as our God, to rely on ourselves instead of on you. And I pray that you would begin to show us the places in our lives that that would be true, that you would begin to work that out of us, that you would bring us into repentance for that tendency, and that we would eliminate it 
from our lives, that we would go deeper and deeper into a dependence on you instead of dependence on ourselves. I pray that you would continue that work beyond just today, that you would truly give us a heart for that because it's not part of our nature. It's easier, it's more comfortable to rely on ourselves than it is to rely on you. And I pray that you would take us by the hand and walk us into that place where that's the norm instead of the exception. Turn us into someone who looks more and more like Jesus every day as he was the ultimate independent upon you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, friends, that's it for today. Thank you so much for joining me in prayer this morning. If you are watching this on our Grace in the Gravel Road Facebook page and you found it helpful, we'll be back on Monday with the next verses and Habakkuk's response to this is so interesting. Yeah, we'll get to that Monday, but trust me, it's it's interesting. It'll be fascinating and it will be helpful. So you should make plans to join us then. If you have a friend that would find that helpful, invite them along. We would love to see them on Monday as well. If you're a podcast listener, subscribing to the show, sharing it with a friend helps the algorithm show it to more people so that more people can join us in prayer. Praying Scripture is brought to you by Grace in the Gravel Road, helping Christian women grow a God-first life and business. Now, my heart is, as we do this together, as we share in this way every couple times a week, that we would all grow in our prayer lives, that we would learn to use Scripture to speak back to you. But my biggest prayer is that you will fall deeper in love with the God who gave us these words. Amen. Amen.